hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Let's Take It From The Top. I am your host, Hallie Master Berardino, here with another episode where we are switching things up. Today, my guest is Alexa Green. Alexa is originally from Long Island, New York. She attended the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music, aka CCM, for undergrad and received her master's at Columbia University Teachers College. Alexa has been seen in the San Francisco and Los Angeles companies of Wicked. She performed in the show company at Lincoln Center. And she recorded her debut solo album called So Good, which was released on Broadway Records. When I started to talk to Alexa and get to know about her, I got to see all of the incredible things that she has done over her career, which kind of has culminated in her creating her own business, which is her voice studio that she runs. And that got me thinking that it would be really cool to kind of talk through Alexa's whole career thus far to see how she went from going to school for musical theater and starting her career there and how that led to her getting her master's and creating her own style of voice practice. And that's exactly what you are about to get to listen to right now. So without further ado, here is Alexa. Hi, Alexa. Hi, Hallie. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing, you know, as good as can be expected with all the craziness going on in the world. (laughs) Yeah, sure is crazy. Yes, but I'm so excited to have you here today and to kind of get a scoop. I know we're going to hit Wicked, which was uh, something awesome that you got to do in your career and kind of seeing how it led to all of the other awesome stuff that you're doing currently and that you've done since then. So I'm very excited to get the scoop on all that. Me too. Absolutely. All right. I think we're ready. Let's take it from the top. So Alexa, maybe talk about how you got started in theater, maybe where you trained, where you went to school, and then sort of thinking of how Wicked came into your life? Sure, absolutely. So I grew up, I'm a native New Yorker, just like yourself. Mm -hmm. And my parents are classically trained musicians. So I grew up around all kinds of music in the house and um, grew up seeing some Broadway shows and some theater. And of course, you know, got bitten by the bug, fell in love with musical theater and storytelling and music and dance. And that led me to the University of Cincinnati College Conservatory of Music, fondly called CCM here in the biz, where I got my BFA in musical theater. And that sort of opened all the doors, gave me my foundation, grounded me in the business and the industry and the art form. And out of school, I landed Wicked, which was a blessing, my debut, where I got my equity card. Um, And that's sort of how that happened. And um, growing up, I, you know, like I said, I was around all kinds of music. And so that's sort of how I got my education through experience. Um, Yeah. And and being here in New York City. That's awesome. Very cool. So why don't you kind of take us through your wicked journey, talking about if you can remember those first, the first audition and, and booking and being in that, I mean, iconic show. (laughs) Yeah. So funny story, I 
saw the original company of Wicked in 2003 on Broadway for my birthday, my boyfriend, my high school sweetheart, who is still my high school sweetheart um, mm-hmm. to this day, took me for my birthday and uh, I saw the original cast and I just looked at Kristen up in that bubble and I was like, I feel like I could do that. I'm going to sort of secret that, manifest that. And then four or five years later, I got to do it, which was insanely amazing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I was just looking at my email yesterday, actually, uh, cleaning out the inbox there during quarantine. And, um <laughs> I saw the first email I got from my agent with my audition. It was actually for Nessa Rose, and it was on May 7th, 2008, not to date myself. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I did Wicked 12 years ago now, which is so crazy. Um, And it was the Nessa side, and one ballad and one up-tempo is what it said. Um, And that was my very first audition, and it was at the Gershwin. Um, back wow. in the days when you got to audition at the theater. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, that's where I met Craig Burns from Chelsea, who gave me the job, and Dama Mendham, who was the musical director at the time. On it was for Broadway, so at the time on Broadway, and uh, they gave me my equity card, my debut. And it was insane. I got to audition in the rehearsal room um, at the Gershwin, and I was freaking out. Um, I auditioned and they said, actually, can you come back in? I think it was a day or two days. It was really short turnaround for Glinda. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I think that's a good fit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Nessa Rose. But at the time too, you know, I was right out of school. I was super blonde and super bubbly and super ambitious. And that, that definitely was the fit. And I, um, I auditioned in the double digits, if you can believe it or not. It was at the time they were casting. This was for the Nessa cover, Swing on Broadway, Singer Swing. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were also going to open the second national. And they were looking for an LA cover. Um, And I think a spot on the first national also. Because there's, you know, on the tours, there's two covers and a standby usually in that show. Mm -hmm. So um, there was a lot of tracks opening. So throughout the spring, I went in maybe... I always joke 18 times, but it really was close to that. Wow. Yeah. And either did the sides or danced or sang, you know, every time was a little bit different, just kept repeating, repeating, repeating for different members of the creative team. Mm-hmm. And then um, on, I think it was October 28th in the fall, um, I got the call. Wow. So that was, you said the first thing was from May or March? when May 7th. Yep. Right after my showcase. I think my showcase was April 11th. I'm trying to remember these dates from yeah. <laughs> April 11th, I believe, I think, or something 8th or something like that was my showcase. And then May 7th was my audition. Wow. That's incredible and crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it's just the best. I mean, it's the best story. It's the coolest thing. I had gone, I think, down to Florida to visit my boyfriend's dad at the time. And then I got that call of like, hey, you have to come to New York. You have an audition for Wicked. Wow. <laughs> like, of course, you know, if you want to book a job, just book um, a trip or another show or a job. Uh-huh. And if you do that job, you'll get a show. That's yes. how it works. I was supposed to go on a cruise with my family and literally like, found out I was going to be in the show that started rehearsal the week that we were supposed to go away and was like, well, see you later, mom and dad. <laughs> Have fun. Yes. Oh, that's, but you know, you'll go on that cruise now. Yes. Yep. Not now, but. <laughs> yeah, not now, but eventually. Yes. 
Alexa, maybe just give us the lowdown of like what it was like to be learning this show that you you did. You manifested yourself that you were going to be in it. And what was it like to perform this magical show? Yeah. So first, <clears throat> you know, the industry is always changing. And something I really didn't know about or have the knowledge at the time was what it's like to join equity and what it's like to be a replacement and come in and learn a show. Um, you know, they always say you learn by doing. So that's sort of what happened. So I joined the LA company. That's the track I filled as the Glinda understudy. And I had, I think about two or three weeks at home before I joined and I flew to LA. I had never been to LA before. I got a car and an apartment <laughs> uh, and joined the company and had rehearsal every day with the dance captain only, and maybe a swing or an understudy if we were doing the lifts or something like that from about 10 to six with a break. And then I saw, I watched the show every night, either from the audience or I trailed Natalie, who was, who I was replacing at the time um, backstage to learn her backstage track and all of her changes. And I had two weeks rehearsal and then I did my put in, which is also didn't know what that was, yeah. um, which is a rehearsal where you're in costume, you do all of your, and wigs and makeup, you do all of your changes and the rest of the cast doesn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is so strange and weird. Because yeah. um, also in Wicked, you know, there's all this crazy hair and makeup and people don't look like themselves. Right. So, and you know, I also did the put in with not the principles, if I can remember correctly. So it was all the understudies were on. So uh-huh. when you go on, it's a completely different experience. You're like, is that the same person? Okay. Right. Um, also because, you know, you're not rehearsing with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. I did my put in and that night I made my debut. Um, yeah. And it was really cool. Uh, my mom flew out to see me debut in the ensemble because, you know, I had my date and everything. and that was it. I was in the show. And, you know, you got your, I got my spot in the dressing room and it was just, it was magical. We were at the Pantages in LA and it was the coolest experience to be in LA doing a musical because LA is so TV film, you know? Yeah. And yeah. And I just remember singing that music and, you know, the map, spoiler alert, the map goes up in the beginning of the show and you're all frozen. And I just, it was, it was a dream come true, honestly. And I think about that all the time. I ne- just can't take it for granted, you know, yeah. when you get these gigs. <laughs> yep. I just got like chills just you talking about that. It's, ugh. it's, it's such an awesome show and, and not to like downplay other shows, but it has such a great story of friendship and, you know, misunderstanding and love and acceptance and, and women, um, you know, their story. So it's that plus Steven Schwartz's music, Plus, you know, just the costumes and the effects and it's, it's a great combo of a perfect musical. Yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) It totally is. So before we jump into post wicked, I just want you to hit on coming in on that bubble for the first (laughs) time. What was that like? I can't even imagine. (laughs) Well, you know, I feel it's such a thing to say, like being an actor. I want to do another show. <laughs> I'm sure everybody does. Yeah. I just feel like now being 12 years later, 
I understand and I've learned so much more and I'm like, okay, I want to apply that again. Mm-hmm. You know, it just seems silly to say, but the growth I, I see even from, you know, my debut as Glinda when I went on for the first time to the 10th show I did, right? It's like, as an understudy, you don't get to do it all the time. So um, I just say that because the journey for others too out there, it's, it's never ending. You can always learn and grow, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that first show, um, <laughs> Megan Hilty was my first Glinda when I joined the company. And so I just learned from the best, you know, yeah. I had Megan and Kendra Kessebaum, who is a comedic a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and two things I'll tell you, she gave me the best advice. The first one was, she said to me, you know, you are a human being on that stage telling a story. And so you're never perfect. You'll never be perfect, right? We always have this expectation that actors don't crack or drop something or, you know, and you're just a human and you're doing something for an audience that's live. So just be in the moment. Whatever happens, just go, go, go with it. Yeah. And then Natalie, who I replaced, who moved up to the standby, she said to me, don't put lotion on your hands before you go on stage (laughs) (laughs) because you're holding that wand that is heavy and you're 40 feet in the air and your palms are sweaty. (laughs) (laughs) That's so so funny. Best advice ever from both of them. And um, it was magical. It was terrifying, but it was magical. You know, it's, it's so cool to have costumes that are made for you and feel like an extension of you. And so, you know, you get hooked up in the back, spoiler alert again, (laughs) and you fly, they tap you, you fly up, you wait in the darkness. um, And then they say, look, it's Glinda. And it comes down and there's bubbles and you're shaking and you're standing on this little platform in high heels (laughs) with your shiz costume underneath. And there's, there's so much going on, but I felt really ready because I had been in the show for a while before I went on. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't thrown on. I, my first performance was planned, which was great. Yeah. Was relaxing. Um, and I just even remember now I can see it, it makes me emotional, like looking out into the audience, you know, cause you always have that one moment at the, and then mine was at the end of like, Oh, that relief. <laughs> like, I just did this magical thing. I checked the box, you know, I accomplished that dream that, talent meets, you know, perseverance meets hard work. So it was, it was awesome. It's funny. I think like just what we said about how Wicked is so well known that there is sort of that expectation, but to be able to remind ourselves that we are just humans telling this story and that if things go wrong or if you don't sound so great or if your voice is tired or whatever it is that we can we can allow ourselves be very like gracious to ourselves and just go with the flow I think that that's an excellent reminder you know it's a lot of this business too is we are who we are because of others too you know, it's when you're on stage, you're with Alphaba there, you're with Fira, you're with the wizard, you're, you're listening, you're reacting to the moment. And that is the best feeling. It's just, you're supported and you get to shine because of everyone around you, you know? Yeah. Um, and so do they. And it's that exchange, that interaction um, is my favorite part. Yeah, definitely. So let us 
move now, Alexa. Thinking after Wicked, you have done really uh, so many different kinds of things since then. So maybe just give us like thinking about from then to now, all of all of your, your solo album that you've done and your voice studio, how did those things kind of come about for you? And yeah, how did we, how'd you get here now? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I've, my whole life I've, I wouldn't say it's a struggle maybe, but it's a process, right? And in this industry, I haven't been blessed lucky enough <laughs> to go from show to show to hop from production contract to production contract, which, you know, there's no path, right? For it. There isn't a way you graduate college or you don't either way. And there's no guarantee. So I've sort of had to make my own opportunities. That's sort of been my thing I found. And I, I encourage my students now and others to just, even if it's, I don't know, write a post-it note of something you dream about doing, you know, like every day kind of have forward motion because you can wait for auditions, you know, or you can wait for the auditions and write a song or write a screenplay. And, you know, there's no guarantee of making money either. When a show closes, you're done, right? <laughs> so <laughs> um, that's also been you know, my feet are on the ground, but my head is in the clouds. So I, I also didn't want to be a struggling artist forever. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to be an artist forever, but not wonder how I was going to eat. Um, and that's real life in New York City. You know, it's expensive here. So I've always sort of had to be creative and think of ways to balance out and enhance my life. So anyway, um, after I did Wicked, you know, I came back to New York and I did company at Lincoln Center, which was a master class in watching professionals work. Patty Lapone was in that, Neil Patrick. Yes. Um, and I sat, you know, in the back moving furniture, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> all of these stars of TV and film on them. And the, you know, the people that moved the furniture, us, the vocal minority, we were called, um, we moved the couches around, as you can see, it's on PBS. Yeah. Um, and the people I moved the couches around with are Broadway stars. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, all of us, it's like the insane cast. I was with Ashley Fitzgerald and Jessica Bosk and like, it's just insane. The whole business is crazy. And so I did that, um, worked with Paul Gemignani and Lonnie Price and Stephen Sondheim sat in, you know, right there while we were rehearsing. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, that happened. And then, I mean, I've sort of been an unemployed actor ever since. <laughs> um, I have worked, you know, obviously numerous regional shows and readings and workshops. And that's sort of really what I do um, in the business. I've had to make my own opportunities, you know, auditioning and trying things and recording things and, and showing up for things because it doesn't, it didn't come easy. You know, it never just, nothing fell into my lap really. Yeah. Um, being a singer first, coming at the music first, I always knew my friend Mitchell and I in college dreamed about recording a record and I just never really felt like it was the right time. I did my debut show in 2014 at 54 below, uh, before it was Feinstein's mm -hmm. and that show turned into my record. And I just felt like, you know, as a singer, I wanted to express something. I wanted to express this journey of highs and lows. 
And when I turned 30, that was the time of like capstoning it of like, here are my twenties. Here's this record of everything I've been through. And it was sort of a love letter to New York, a love letter to, like I said, the highs and the lows of being an actor and a performer on this process and this journey. And all of the things that come with, what is that song? Be, uh, in love in New York City. Right, that one. <laughs> like, yep. what's that, right? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be drunk and in love or young and in love. I don't know what yeah. it is. I'm is saying. Khalid? <laughs> Who sings it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, but you know it. <laughs> that, it's that, like, the heartache, the loss, the finding your next job, your next meal, um, going on crazy dates. It's that, that was my record. That was the whole thing. And, you know, I did everything from the ground up. I did a Kickstarter. I raised money. Um, I worked with my best friend in the world, Mitchell, and our musical director, Dylan, who is insanely amazing. And we recorded it and I shopped it around to different labels uh, because I knew I wanted to go big time, right? But I had to do it myself. Um, and Broadway Records picked it up. They wrote back immediately. Um, Robbie Roselle and Van Dien are were so good to me there. Um, and it got produced on Broadway Records, which was a, a dream come true. And it was all from me, you know, knocking on the door there. Yeah. Um, so I made that record, which then, you know, led me to gigs and shows, which was a blessing. Um, and... Yeah. And, and through it all, I always, I had a vocal injury in 2014. Mm -hmm. Um, also, uh, the same year I did my show, actually, that's funny. And growing up, people always had asked me, how you do that? What are you doing when you're singing? Um, and I didn't really know how to help them. You know, I, I took voice lessons. I have an amazing team of teachers and ENTs and laryngologists that I work with but I didn't know how to guide someone else. I could coach them, right? Like I could, I could say, okay, and this, who are you talking to? What are you, what do you want? Um, but I didn't know how to actually help them from the laryngeal technical standpoint. Yeah. And so that led me to going to grad school and that's like a whole nother story. <laughs> yeah. No, that's really interesting. I also in high school, I had a vocal injury and sort of had to relearn how to talk and how to laugh and <laughs> different all different things so I that's interesting and it's funny too this has been something I've been saying very recently anytime I record is like I a lot of the reason why I created this podcast is to sort of talk about the things that are not often shared and that we don't like to talk about and I know for me that's one of those things and going through school. And if any time I felt vocally fatigued or tired, it was like, a, I, can't, I can't tell anyone that, that that was something I had to deal with because I don't want that to happen again and something I felt like I had to hide. So I, I commend you for, for sharing that with us. But I think that it's important that we do talk about those things. Yeah, it is so important because more often than not, I would say, you know, I think of us as, as Broadway actors, but even in the music industry, right? Like touring, pop singers, all these superstars that we look up to, their schedule, they are at the, they're at the NFL, right? We are the elite level of like, what's better than Broadway? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? What's better than being a Ariana Grande? I mean, Beyonce, like, right. this is the top of the top. So you are at that level and we don't often think of ourselves that way. But, you know, when an, when an athlete is injured in the NFL, it's like, okay, they're injured. They get PT, they get care, they get all this help, and then they come back. And nobody's right. like, oh, that guy, that injury. Like, so yeah. 
it shouldn't be like that for us either. And again, going back to the we're human, I mean, our bodies are our temple, right? They do these amazing things for us. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, it's going to happen wear and tear, right? We're putting it through so much. So yeah, there's no shame. There really shouldn't be shame. And I'm always happy to tell people because it made me a better singer. And I mean, it taught me so much about the industry and my voice and how to help others, which is really the main goal, I think. And so let's talk about how you are helping others through your own studio. Maybe talk, give us the background on how you, that started and how that's going now. Yeah, sure. So I always feel like, you know, people say, oh, you're a teacher now. Are you still performing? And I will say it's gotten better. Most people don't say that anymore, but they did at the beginning. (laughs) Um, And I've always been like, nope, you can do both. Nope, you can be a mom and an actor. Nope, you can be a voice teacher and an actor, right? You can do everything. Anything you want to do, you just, you'll find the way to make it all happen. So like I said before, I... I had always wanted to go to grad school at some point. I'm a school person. I like learning. So, and originally I thought I was going to go to get my MFA in acting, straight theater. But I had seen a lot of my friends do that. And they were unemployed actors (laughs) at the end of the day. I had seen that. Granted, some of them, you know, are on TV shows, networks, and they're nailing it. (laughs) So there's, but there was a big disconnect, right? There's no guarantee. And everything is a learning experience. Everything is a risk. So again, no guarantee in our industry, but I was like, uh, it doesn't really feel like the right fit exactly. Um, so going back to people asking me for help, I was like, how can I contribute to our field while living, sustaining life, um, but also being creative and the whole vocal pedagogy thing just sort of fell into my lap. Mm-hmm. Um, I had looked at programs, which there really wasn't any at the time that I was applying. There are just a few. And even now there's still just a few. I really wanted to focus on, they call it CCM singing, contemporary commercial music. We don't really say that as actor. CCM means CCM the school. So it's right. a very confusing <laughs> term. <laughs> uh, but I really wanted to focus on pop rock, um, country, jazz, blues, Obviously musical theater, but I already have some degree of understanding that genre. Um, I'm not a classical singer first, so I didn't want to go that route, enter into the field that way. And there really wasn't that many opportunities. There weren't many programs. So I sort of had to create my own. And I knew I wanted to stay in New York because I live here. I'm from here. My boyfriend's here. My career is here. Um, If I could help it, I wanted to stay here. So I auditioned. No, I didn't audition. There was no audition. I applied. That's the right word. I'm thinking different school. Um, <laughs> I applied to Columbia University and the Gallatin School at NYU. Gallatin was sort of make your own major. So I could take some classes with Steinhardt, um, you know, all around NYU, do independent study. And Columbia was teacher's college, which is like, you know, the most historical school to help people teach. Mm-hmm. And that was my dream. I mean, Ivy League, I grew up going to my voice lessons on 110th and Riverside over there and passing Columbia and seeing it and being like, Columbia, you know, yeah. <laughs> being in the woods, essentially. Yes. <laughs> I got in. I got into both, which was a dream. Very different than undergrad applying for musical theater schools. <laughs> yes. Um, but also, you know, this was in 2017. So I had learned about myself. I was much more grounded. Um, 
and I chose Columbia and I graduated last May in 2019 with a master's of arts in music and music education and sort of a specialization in vocal pedagogy. There's a master pedagogue that teaches there, which is Jeannie Goffey-Finn, Dr. Jeannie Goffey-Finn, which is why I wanted to go. I wanted to learn from her. Um, and I started my own studio practice in 2017 while I was there at school and built it from the ground up, from my network, from being in New York. And I've been, you know, now it's a few years. I have developed a private studio. I am scratching the surface of this field, but it is a whole new world. It is so exciting. And I, again, get emotional cry. I cry sometimes in lessons with students because I have students that have been on Broadway and they can't belt, right? Or they don't have any concept of awareness or understanding of their voice. And I want to give them that gift. I want them to be able to really feel what they're doing. Um, it can take them to new heights and also give them, you know, I want everybody to find an identity for themselves outside of this audition and this audition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's so beautiful. And during quarantine, it, it has been a blessing, actually, because people are working on their instrument without the pressures of, I have an audition tomorrow, I have to prepare this, I have to belt an E. Yeah. <laughs> and they're able to develop their their unique talents. It's it's actually cool. It's really cool. Yeah. And I've, that was going to be what I was going to ask you, was during this time, have how that has sort of changed. But I mean, it, it is. I think we've all been able to sort of take a second to step back to not just be preparing the thing for the audition, but to enjoy it and to figure out where we actually fit into the material that we want to be doing. I think that that is a, has been a blessing during this time for so many people. Yeah. I encourage every student to find out who they are as an artist and why they want to sing, you know, why they want to do this, because there's absolutely the dream of being on Broadway. I mean, it's my dream, right? I want to make my Broadway debut. I want to check the box. I want to do it. Um, it's been my dream since I was four and I saw Peter Pan on Broadway, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but then I always say singing is part of our identity. It's who we are. It's how we communicate our voice. I should say not singing for everybody. Some people are you know, actors, straight actors, public speakers, whatever. And we don't understand it really till we lose it or something happens to it. And it's an incredible phenomenon that we can sing and make this music from this little tiny thing in our throat, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, when you kind of take a step back and think about, okay, like, why am I doing this? What can my voice do? What can it do? Uh, and what do I want singing is forever, right? It's, it's, it's in there. So devoid of, okay, I have to belt this E tomorrow. You know, it's, (laughs) um, sometimes we define ourselves like that. And so I encourage my students to really figure out the phonation process and, and these things that, yes, it's technique. And and there is a big difference between coaching and technical voice lessons too, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think some people don't realize that either. Like, oh, wait, I can actually get better. I can train my musculature. I can learn how to breathe better. I can create more resonance or acoustical bounce for myself, right? There are things you can actually do to make yourself a better singer besides just the sides you're doing, you're preparing. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something important to mention, the difference between the coach and the voice teacher. That was something that I moved into the city and 
I had looked around for a voice teacher and it wasn't until, so I have, I've had my voice teacher until I found a coach and I went to the coach and they were like, you should not be singing the same things with the both of us. And I was like, what? Like <laughs> I, what? I, I just had never under, like never heard that from anyone else before. But I, I think that is a, a very important thing for all those little theater, theater bugs listening out there, that, that that is something that I had no idea was two separate things. But you're, you're, what you just said of, it's a different thing to learn how to act and, and perform through the song, but then to learn how to actually use our muscles and the the parts of our body to create the sound is very different. <laughs> yeah, and you know, a lot of coaches and teachers do overlap, right? I mean, I'm a performer. <laughs> like, I know how to create beats and phrase a song in a scene, right? Um, so we can, it is one. We want to link our performance and our pedagogy. At the end of the day, I think that's the goal because we're storytellers, right? We don't want to, if you're, a, and that was like notes I got a lot as a singer. It was like, okay, you're a good singer, but you need to connect more to the story, mm-hmm. right? And I had wished somebody could help me throughout my life understand that better. Yeah. Understand that the good sounds you're making doesn't constitute being a well-rounded, good performer necessarily. Mm-hmm. And it's different for everybody. Some people are amazing storytellers and I'm like, oh, I could just help them get that. I could like, you yeah. know, if they did this one physical thing or this breath or uh, muscle, you know, r- lifted their palate, they could hit that note better. And then it, there would be no, nothing, you know, nothing wrong with that performance. So yeah, um, it is a combo platter and, but it, it is different. Yeah, definitely. So Alexa, can you share with us how people can get in touch with you if they want to train with you and where we can sort of find all your stuff? Um, yes, sure. So I have a website um, and I encourage all the actors and singers and newbies out there make one yeah <laughs> be as simple as your name and your picture um but just so you have a presence so people can find you because in this industry that is the biggest thing is you just never know right time right place so um create one for yourself but yeah my website is alexagreen.com <laughs> and um i'm on instagram facebook my handle is the at sign, the word A-T, at Alex Green. So at, at Alexa Green. And yeah, DM me. My email is alexagreenvoice at gmail.com. That's the best way to schedule a lesson. That's all on the internet. You can find it. Um, or DM me and we'll get started. Awesome. Well, Alexa, thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your journey with us. I've been loving, obviously you said you've listened to a couple of episodes. The beginning was kind of just focusing on one theatrical experience that someone had, but more and more people have been wanting to talk about sort of the the longer term of their journey. And I think it's just as important that we share that with the world as just those little shows. So I can't thank you enough for being so open and sharing everything you did with us today. Oh, Hallie, you're so welcome. And, you know, if if we can reach one person, right? And it's incredible that you're doing this podcast. I love the outreach and that's one of the gifts of social media and the internet, right? We can connect yep. to people we may not have connected to before. So yeah, the long game is where it's at. You know, yep. if, if you can stick it out, this is forever if you want it to be, just like your voice. <laughs> yep. So um, nurture it and know that 
there's highs and lows in every industry, no matter what, you know, if you're a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, there's highs and lows, you know, there's going to be great times and, and not so great times. So you just have to stick it out if, if you love it. And we're lucky we get to do what we love, huh? <laughs> yes, we are the luckiest. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Alexa. You're welcome. Well, everyone, we find ourselves at the end of just a lovely episode. Alexa Green was such a wonderful guest. I can't believe all of the incredible things she has done in her career. And she is so well-spoken. We covered it all in under 45 minutes. Like Alexa said, you can check out her website and her Instagram for ways to contact her. I will put the link to her website as well as a link to her Instagram so that you can connect with her. Please also feel free to reach out to me on my Instagram, the Let's Take It From The Top Instagram, or the Let's Take It From The Top email, all of which can be found in today's show notes. I am loving how we are switching it up and really uncovering things on the podcast that I didn't even imagine we would. I hope you are learning a lot. I know I am, and I cannot wait to continue to learn and to grow with you all. Well, I hope you have an amazing week. I look forward to seeing you again, to joining together, to learn and to just bask in all of that theater-loving glory. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Alexa, again. And I'll see you next time on Let's Take It From The Top.